0: Hello, welcome to today's episode of Juice the Numbers, your statistics in sports podcast. I'm your host, Joshua Tracing.
1: And I'm Corbin Taylor.
0: And today we will be talking about one of the OG football teams, one of the originals from one of America's most prominent cities. We'll be talking about the Chicago Bears and why they are what they are. Cause it's uh it's a mystery. That's for sure. Yeah, you no ready, kidding. Corwin? Yeah, I'm ready. All right. Um, so the Bears have made a significant number of moves since and we're gonna mainly do this uh, I believe anyway, in the scope of Ryan Pace's tenure there. And they've made a lot of moves, and most of which have been at least discussion worthy. And have added to quite a bizarre kind of resume. So, Corin, why don't you start us off with what we're going to be talking about in regards to this?
1: Yeah, so basically with how much we talk about Mitchell Trubisky and how much we talk about the Nick Foles trade, the Khalil Mack trade, all these marquee level moves that Ryan Pace has done since he became a GM, we give him a lot of shit for all those. Well, not all those, but for what he deserves getting shit for. Uh, and he gets a lot of hate from us. So I figured why not give him uh, a full breakdown to see, is he a good GM? Because he was very touted when he got this job in 2015. Um, Him and Matt Nagy, uh, when they got hired, I was very high on both of them. I thought they'd both do a very fine job. Uh, Both were, you know, uh, you know, I'm using the same word again, but both were marquee hires uh, at the time. And it's been a rocky road, so I dove into uh, the draft picks, every draft pick since 2015, um, all of his free agent moves since 2015, and then all of his trades since 2015. Uh, I did not dive into the salary cap situation because that would be one of the most boring podcasts you would ever listen to um, in the running compared to you know all the other stuff we do, which is debatably equally boring. So uh in the sheet that I sent you Josh the first tab is just uh the depth chart for reference uh all of the highlighted players I have there are kind of I don't want to say they're high they're all they're all good players um but I would say those are the guys that are the impact players for that team at certain positions right. um You know, you have guys like Allen Robinson, James Daniels, Cody Whitehair on the offensive line with Bobby Macy. You have both running backs, David Montgomery and Tariq Cohen. David Montgomery is more of a projection at this point. He's probably the one guy that I will be discussing as uh, him and Roquan Smith um, as kind of like what they can be, because I think they have tremendously high ceilings, not what they are like the rest of these guys. Um, on defense, you have guys like Akeem Hicks, Eddie Goldman, Khalil Mack, obviously, Danny Trevathan, Roquan Smith, Robert Quinn, who we will be discussing uh, a little bit deeper, Kyle Fuller, and Eddie Jackson. So their defense is still incredibly stacked um, since mm-hmm. that deep run in the playoffs and that just unbelievable defense two years ago. Um, it. I don't think it's the best defense in the league right now. I think that's you know a Pittsburgh thing. I think there's a couple others that would give them more of a you know run for the money like Baltimore or the Chargers right now. But there's no doubt in my mind that Chicago has a, a top five defense in the NFL right now. It's more of their offense that is really fucking bad. Um, you know, highly
0: questionable to say the least.
1: Yeah, like they have. Very good foundational players on that offensive line. Uh, They have very good skill position players that they can, you know, build around. You know, Allen Robinson, in my mind, is a top 10 wide receiver in the NFL. Uh, One of the most underrated players because he's been playing with Mitchell Trubisky and Blake Bortles for his career. Uh, Three Cohen, David Montgomery. I think they're a fantastic running back committee. They have, like, nine tight ends that they could choose up, choose from if one of them works out. Um, and then it just comes down to the fact that Nick Foles and Mitchell Trubisky are going to be behind center for them for the foreseeable future. And that's kind of why nobody's really talking about the Bears right now as a serious contender, because they fucked up that area of their team, undoubtedly the most important aspect, so royally. Um Mitchell trubisky will talk about,
0: uh, yeah, you know what, let's go
1: over it, let's move on to the draft. unless you have anything you want to say about this stuff chart.
0: um it's it's such an awkward mishmash. and I think if you look at it in a vacuum, as you said, defense good, offense bizarre. But the fact that the offense is weird isn't the story. as we're going to eventually get into, it's how that it all came to be that's what's going to be the real discussion point because like having project quarterback Mitchell Trubisky as your QB one for the past, like two years, you know, teams draft quarterbacks in the first round and sometimes they don't work out like that's not original, but it's what they gave up to get him, how they got him, how they ended up with Nick Foles and who else might've been available to them. It's, it's like the story of this roster. That's just so perplexing. And, uh, yeah, I'm I'm ready to get farther into it.
1: Let's move on to the draft. Um, I started at 2020, moved back to 2015. I feel like it would make more sense to start at the beginning and work our way, uh, you know, closer in time. We don't need to do deep dives into all these players. Just uh, I have some notes and highlighted uh, who I thought were hits. Um. And it was interesting. It's something that you think about, you know, not all of the players in the draft class are going to hit, obviously. Some are going to be bigger hits than others. Some are going to be, you know, superstars. Some are going to be starter levels, replacement levels. Some are going to be absolute garbage. Um, But there's different levels. I highlighted the players who I thought were uh, high-level players um, that, don't need to be replaced within the next few years. So basically, guys that they don't need to worry about their roster spot. Um, you know, there's still some some backups here. There's still some starters on here that I didn't highlight, but there's starters for you know teams, not necessarily pro blow, pro bowl, all pro players.
0: Now, tell me about those pro blowers.
1: Pro blowers, man. Yeah, I can't even get the jokes. Right, okay. Uh,
0: It's easy. It's a Lions joke.
1: I am only a third of the way through my cup of coffee this morning. uh, This afternoon, excuse me. Time has no meaning anymore. Nope. So let's start with 2015. 2015, his first year at the helm. I'd have to say his worst year overall. Um, Man, he jumped into this free agency trades with the draft. Not a great year for Ryan Pace. They come in, they have the seventh pick in the draft. Uh, They need some weapons. They need, you know, marquee players. They draft Kevin White seventh overall. Uh, I don't think we need to really discuss how or why his career went, you know, into the tank. Uh, All you need to know, he played three seasons in the NFL and played in 14 games total.
0: I was going to say, I don't even remember Kevin White.
1: Yeah, I I remember him because he was supposed to be this, you know, he was big. He was so fast. Uh, He could have been, you know, a superstar wide receiver, you know, the next Randy Moss, whatever it may be. Um, No, he was not that. In the second round, they drafted Eddie Goldman at defensive tackle. He's been a starter for them since. He's one of the foundational pieces on that defensive line. Absolutely a win. In the third round, they drafted Hronis Grassu, who I have never heard of before in my life. Uh, played 12 games over the span of two seasons released in, you know, before the season started in uh, 2018. Uh, fourth round, they drafted Jeremy Langford out of Michigan State, uh, a name I had not heard before this in a very long time. Uh, he was the kind of guy who had like two or three really good games. Surrounded by just a pool of mediocrity, uh, which was enough to inspire hope and in a lot of fantasy owners at the time. I will definitely admit that I was fooled by him uh, and did absolutely nothing for the remainder of his career.
0: Fifth round, wow, The Jets have like nothing but those guys. That's all uh, we yeah, have. For, That's all was, we've ever had.
1: Except for this year. This year, you guys fucking nailed it.
0: Oh yeah, this uh, is finally the year.
1: <laughs> this is the year. This yeah. is the year. <laughs> In the fifth round, they drafted safety Adrian Amos out of Penn State. Near and dear to my heart. Um, He is still a high-level player in the league right now. Uh, Recently left uh, this past year to go play for the rival Packers. Um, But a fifth-round pick, you know, still playing five years later and playing at a high level. Um, Not exactly a Pro Bowl starter, but a guy who is definitely going to be uh, a key piece of a defense. Uh, very much underrated in my mind. Although, again, I'm still very biased. Uh, definitely a, a hit for Ryan Pace here. And then to wrap up this draft, round six, they drafted offensive tackle Teo Fabeluge. Fabeluge? Fabeluge.
0: I can't help you. I don't know.
1: I don't know. Um,
0: I, I, got, I got nothing.
1: He played one season for them on their practice squad and then was released in June the following year. So not exactly a hit for them. Overall, first year for a GM, it's a, it's an I I can't even say it's a good draft. It's a bad draft. I mean, you had the seventh overall pick. You drafted a guy that had absolutely no impact on the field. Um, you know, you come away with two starters, which is, okay, but only, you know, one of them was drafted in, you know, uh, a top round where you expect that to happen. You got lucky with Adrian Amos being the player. He was not, not a great look, but again, first year in the job, you know, hired only a few weeks before this. It's not exactly an expected time to be killing it uh, in the draft. So I usually always give the uh, first year GMs a little bit of len- leniency, a little bit of leeway. Um, but yeah, nothing nothing to write home about with this draft.
0: All uh, right. Should we 20- jump into 2016 then?
1: Yeah, let's
0: just do it. All right. 2016, uh,
1: the team does a little better. They're not drafting in the top seven. They are drafting in the top 10, ninth overall. Uh, they get a guy named Leonard Floyd out of Georgia, I think. Uh, outside linebacker. Ton of potential coming out, but never did anything. Was released this offseason. Uh had 18 and a half sacks in four, excuse me, four years as a starter for them. Um uh, that's just that's not production you want from a top 10 pick. That's not a guy you really want as a cornerstone of your entire team at Edge Rusher. Uh super disappointing. Um, it happens. Uh, round two though. 56th overall, they grab Cody Whitehair, a guard. Um, He's a Pro Bowl-level player. Uh, I view him as one of the top interior linemen in the league right now. I think he's a future All-Pro player. Um, Fantastic, fantastic player. Round three, they draft Jonathan Bullard, defensive tackle. Um, He was released in August 2019. No impact for the team. Round four, a guy... Most people probably haven't heard of uh, Nick Wachowski inside linebacker kind of was a rotational piece for them, was never really a top name starter. You know, guys like Danny Trevathan there um, really holding down that linebacker spot. He left in free agency this year, signed with the Raiders, uh, the top essentially linebacker deal uh, in free agency this year. I think he's going to be a very good player. I counted it as a hit because of the skill of the player, even if the impact for the team itself was limited uh, because of his role. Uh, Also in round four, they drafted Deion Bush and DeAndre Hall, two defensive backs. Uh, Deion Bush is a starter for them, but a low-level starter, Um, not a guy who I would consider a, a major hit. Uh, and then DeAndre Hall was traded for a seventh-round pick, so that should tell you exactly how uh, much value he carried. Fair enough. Fifth round, they draft Jordan Howard running back. We should talk about Jordan Howard because what a career he has had. Um,
0: yeah, it's a been pro weird. Bowler
1: his rookie year, um, he didn't win rookie of the year, but he was you know top in voting, um, looked unstoppable, and then just every year has gotten worse. Um, he played for the Eagles last year, got traded to them by the bears, signed a deal to go play in Miami to kind of be the the thunder with uh, Matt Breida's lightning down there. He's one of those guys where I feel like he could still be a good player. I just don't know if it requires the kind of team that Miami, like the kind of, Offensive line Miami has right now. I mean, if you can't really perform in uh, Philly behind that offensive line, you know, I know he didn't exactly get the biggest market share with Miles Sanders being drafted there, but I don't know. I feel like he's might be one of those guys where I think fondly of because you know you own him in fantasy that rookie year when he breaks out and you're a goddamn genius, but. Maybe it's just uh, looking at the past with uh, rose-colored glasses. I don't know.
0: It, it, any on it? I mean, uh, that's one of the reasons that like people say to be careful about drafting running backs high. Not that Jordan Howard was drafted high. But he was drafted in the fourth round. But Maybe they have a part of their game that gets figured out or doesn't transition well into year two. Maybe they just uh, lose a step that we can't see or they lose a, a, a level of vision something like that, it's it's tough. It's a position that, in theory, you'd want to say, oh, just run harder or just run faster. But that's just not how running back works. And it's volatile, and it can be really, really difficult to maintain that level of production over a long course of time. So I guess if, if you had probably spread out all of his production over the length of his career maybe it looks more reasonable for a fourth-round pick, and you wouldn't ever wonder why he's considered such a – I don't want to say disappointment, but why his career was such a, uh, a point of discussion because it might look just more appropriate for a fourth-rounder at that point. But given that so much of his production was front-loaded into that rookie year, it's its weird. Uh, and it's sad because I, I liked Jordan Howard.
1: Do you remember him having a bunch of injury issues at all? I honestly can't um, remember off the top of my head.
0: I want to say yes. I want to say his last year in Chicago he did, which is how Tariq Cohen got his job.
1: Well, I, I mean, it is it is what it is. I highlighted him as an impact player because of the what he showed on the field, being a Pro Bowl-level running back as a rookie.
0: Also, I'm wrong because he played every game his final two years in Chicago, only started four games in Philly, but played in 10. And started 13 Hmm. games in 2016 and played in 15. So, no, I guess he never really had an injury problem.
1: Fair enough. Um, Yeah, he's one of those guys that's kind of really on on the edge just um, between good and replaceable. So, it is what it is. Uh, Sixth and seventh round that year, DeAndre Houston-Carter, safety practice squad player, and David Braverman, wide receiver, uh, released very early uh, actually, is that right? He was released almost immediately after the draft in April that must uh, be hold on what? So David Braverman was released in April of 2016 the same month he was drafted what did he do that caused him to get released so quickly I fucked Ryan Pace's wife apparently well, I feel like uh might as well. Braverman was selected in the seventh round. Kind of Danny Amendola, Julian Edelman type.
0: Um, he signed a... F- what? Oh, it was... Okay,
1: so they just had the, the day troll. Okay. I thought that was going to be good, guys. I'm sorry. I, I thought we had something there. Something interesting, but no.
0: Oh, that's okay, buddy. You tried. Oh, I that's tried. That's what matters. You tried. tried my hardest. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so that's the 2016 terrible.
1: class. Kind of okay. Kind of whatever. Only two players that made any impact, really, for them long-term. Um, actually, only one player that made any impact for them long-term because Kukarski was a backup, essentially um right. not exactly a great two years. Um, no. I was a fan of the Bears and I fucked up two top 10 picks two back-to-back years and my only claims to fame are two really good second round picks and two really good fifth round picks. I uh would not exactly be feeling excited or inspired by my GM.
0: No, you wouldn't be jazzed.
1: I wouldn't I would not be jazzed. But There's hope on the horizon. Is there really? They have the third overall pick in 2017. They need a quarterback. There's so many in this draft. We have guys like Pat Mahomes, Deshaun Watson. We got this Mitch Trubisky guy out of North Carolina. He could be the answer. We're going to trade up from number three to number two with the 49ers so that we can ensure we get our quarterback of the future. We draft Mitchell Trubisky, and that's a thing that they did, and they haven't regretted it once. There was no other quarterbacks in that class that they would rather have had. They're going to stick with him for the next 10 years because that's how good of a player he is. He's going to take him to the Super Bowl, and he's going to get replaced uh, three years later by a career backup who went on one superhero run in the playoffs to win a Super Bowl.
0: And and threw seven touchdowns in one game that one time. Yeah, that
1: one that one time, super long time ago with the Rams, and everyone thought he was going to be the next superstar.
0: Is it the Rams or was that the Eagles? I don't know why my mind. Had... Oh no, because he won the Super Bowl with the Eagles. That's why I'm he picturing won the super him Bowl in the Eagles with the Eagles. Him. He threw seven
1: yeah. touchdowns with the Rams because Jeff Fisher, my man. Um. Yeah. So I feel like we can talk about the Mitch Trubisky pick a lot. Um, The dude can't throw to the left side of the field. The dude really can't make any tremendous reads.
0: I I think the real thing with it is that it was kind of a confusing... Not even kind of. It was a very confusing pick when it happened. And it has at no point in the last three or four years been any less confusing. Yeah. And um, that's really fucking bad.
1: I'm I'm definitely with you on that. It's one of those things where... 2017 was kind of the first year I really, really started following the draft and started doing my own scouting. That was the first year I watched all the quarterbacks, you know, the first-round quarterback tape. Um, I think – was that the year Deshaun Kaiser was drafted too?
0: I want Um, to say yes.
1: Yeah, it was one of those things. I liked Mitch Trubisky. I have have a notebook with all my notes. I should have found it before the podcast. Um, But whatever. It doesn't matter. I liked Mitch Trubisky. Um, I thought what he showed in that one lone season at North Carolina was a lot of promise. I thought he had very good accuracy, very good athleticism. Uh, he is a tall, white quarterback with a fairly decent arm. And I, you know what? At the time, I thought that was it. That was the peak. I was a John Elway scout. Tall, white, strong arm. Um I was a big fan of Pat Mahomes. I was a not a huge fan of Deshaun Watson, but man, it's just how different this team could be with either one of those guys. With fucking either one of those guys with one arm tied behind their back, I would take over Mitch Trubisky. Um, it's just an all-time
0: draft bust. It really is. Um, and and that's not that's not even getting into again. What was surrendered in order to get him? Would you rather, Corwin, have... So just to connect it all before I give you the players, uh, the Bears acquired uh, the second overall pick from the San Francisco 49ers that draft. In exchange, the Bears gave the 49ers the number three overall pick, which you know was sorry, just one behind. Um, I'll get, I'll get to, I'm going to read all uh, the names at once. <laughs> sorry, sorry. <laughs> Fucking my shit up, man. Um, hey, it's what I so, do best the number three overall pick the number 67 overall pick the number 111 overall pick and their 2018 third round pick as well so corwin mm-hmm. let me ask you who do you think they would rather have had uh, at this point the bears mitchell trubisky or a combination of solomon thomas number 67 in the draft alvin Kamara. um and number 111 in the draft, um, Tedrick Thompson, and the 2018 third-round pick from the Bears, which was um, Fred Warner. Oh, all man. of that, or Mitchell Trubisky?
1: So essentially, a a big disappointment in Solomon Thomas, um, kind of slowly getting his way up to being a guy that you can have start. Um, Probably will start for the 49ers this year, maybe. Man, Alvin Kamara and Fred Warner, those are two really good players. Um, You have to take that. I mean, obviously. Uh, Mitchell Trubisky offers you essentially nothing. Um, Yeah, he's a quarterback with decent potential, but... Having him start for your team is against, you know, the most basic, just development. It's just, it. he takes so much potential away from your team. You got to take the rest of the players.
0: And And that's the thing that I was going to say is like, it's one thing to have a defensive end bust where it really sucks. But like, it's not going to, if the rest of your defensive line's okay, maybe you'll be all right or the expectations, the, the overall impact of the player isn't quite what it like quarterback. The stakes are so much higher. Mm-hmm. Like if your quarterback is either not constantly not living up to his potential or just outright has no future, then you're fucked. Like it's, it's your team basically isn't going to compete and the fans know it. And that's, um, that's such a harder, a hard pill for them to swallow because if you had all those guys, And none of them worked out. That sucks. But you not only could you have had all those guys to see that it would happen, you gave all of them up, and the guy you got still didn't work out. Mm -hmm. It's it's just it's just it's just shit.
1: (laughs) Shit is correct for sure. It's it's brutal, it's really brutal. Um it set this team back so far. Um I just I'm surprised that Ryan Pace still has this job with how much this fucked up their team
0: long term. And that it's not even a discussion point, really. I haven't heard him, granted, like, what the fuck do we know? But I haven't heard him be on the hot seat, like, at all, when as those types of discussions have rolled around.
1: You hear, like, little things here and there, like, oh, it's a possibility. But it's nothing. Mac. Like, it's nothing realistic. Um... I mean, even what they did in the following years, like I think this might be the premier year, like the first year where they are in a make-or-break hot seat type situation, Uh, especially trading all that capital. Not even all that capital, but trading a a fourth-round pick for Nick Foles, which we'll get into. Um,
0: Which is genuinely infuriating. Yeah,
1: uh, especially with the other quarterbacks that were available for trade, and the other quarterbacks that were available for free. Um, I mean, we'll dig into it. So uh, any closing thoughts on Mr. Bisky before he finished out the 2017 draft class?
0: My my only parting thought is to, again, consider as you listen, it's not just the fact of the... Oh, it's not just Mitchell Trubisky we're talking about here. It's all of what was given up to get him and all of what he represents as, um, as 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 like a draft strategy and a capital saving and spending strategy on behalf of Ryan Pace. That's all I really have to say.
1: Yeah, I'm with you. I okay. am definitely with you. All right. Uh, so next up, second round, they draft a guy named Adam Shaheen, tight end. He was released like two weeks ago. Um, not exactly a great player for them. Uh, never really produced much. Never really showed or flashed the potential that people thought he had. Um, round four, though. Round four, you know, round four and five for Pace is kind of where things click. He drafts Eddie Jackson, safety, and Tariq Cohen, the running back. Um, Eddie Jackson is an all pro player. I, this was one of my dudes in 2017. I loved watching him. I thought he was going to be a superstar. I felt very dumb when he fell to the fourth round. I was like, what the fuck am I missing? Uh, The answer is nothing. I'm a genius. I'm an expert scout. And I knew he was going to be a superstar. Uh, Tariq Cohen though, I had no idea who this person was. Um, but he is very short. He is very fast. He's a pro bowler. Um, and he's a pretty electric weapon for them. Um, He lined up a lot in the slot this year. Uh, When they would bring in David Montgomery, he would move out uh, wide. I think his versatility is super underrated. I'm a fan of the player. I wish I had a guy like him uh, on my favorite team. Um, I'm confused as to what the long-term plans with him are going to be, um, especially with David Montgomery having a rocky first year. But regardless, he is, both of these guys, huge impact players for the Bears. Uh, and then in the fifth round, they drafted guard, James Morgan, released in 2018, did absolutely nothing.
0: <laughs> and end of sentence.
1: <laughs> yeah. Um, so this is kind of like the first... I don't even want to say it's a good draft class. Like, they drafted two really great players, and they drafted a marquee quarterback. That turned out to be absolute garbage and is now a backup. Um, I could see coming out of this draft how, like even with just five players, I would be so ecstatic, like just on cloud nine coming out of the draft with these players. Um, and a couple years later, three years later, it's not exactly uh, it's not exactly the same feeling.
0: Oh god no because, no, because again no it's players. like no no one cares if you like really nail the fourth round pick if your first round selection is absolute butt. Mm-hmm. So uh, yeah yeah
1: so 2018 another top 10 pick because fuck the bears. Um yes. 2018 um truly just like the bears of recent history another top 10 pick for them. Uh, this time they got uber athletic linebacker Roquan Smith. Um, high, high level starter for them. One of the most uh, athletic, fastest linebackers in the NFL right now. Not yet a pro bowler, but I fully expect him to be soon. Uh, definite all pro potential uh, after two years. After, yeah, after two years in the NFL. Uh, James Daniels in the second round. These second round picks, always a, always a hit for Ryan Pace. Uh, center. Uh, I looked at this guy's stats. He's had only five penalties over the past two years. High level starter for them. Definite under the radar guy. Um, I will say, I will admit my scouting abilities for offensive linemen is not exactly good, um, but I think he could be a, a very good player for them uh, in that interior line. Another second round pick here Anthony Miller, wide receiver at Memphis. Uh, has shown flashes of being able to be the guy opposite Alan Robinson. Put it all together yet. I blame it on Mitchell Trubisky because that's an easy person to blame. Um, not quite an impact player for them yet, but definitely uh, can be relatively soon. Um, and then things kind of fall off a little bit. Uh, Josh, I'm going to need your help on pronouncing this next dude's name.
0: Let me, let, let me give. All right. All right. <sighs> All right. Uh, okay, Joel.
1: <laughs> good, good start. Strong start.
0: Igboniwe.
1: Like you said that, like you were looking for me for reassurance, and I have no earthly idea how you would even come close to pronouncing that. I'm going to say
0: it with, with, with with more confidence, Joel Igboniwe. I didn't have any more confidence in it. <laughs> Joel Igboniwe. Joel, I'm going to look it up on, on, I'm going to look up his profile on Pro Football Reference, because they always have pronunciations, Mm -hmm. and I'm going to see what it is they say. Let's call Um, him
1: Joe, Joe Ibby. Joe Ibby.
0: Yeah, sure. (laughs) I'm so sorry, Joel. They don't even have a pronunciation breakdown. (laughs) Yikes. Can we we find, can
1: you Google while I go through this, uh, how Roger Goodell pronounced it when he drafted him? Can you just search this guy's name with like draft and try to find yes. that video yes i can i will that do would that. be fantastic um yeah he's a he's a depth backup linebacker for them that's not really anything to talk about um whatever round five they got Bilal Nichols, defensive tackle he's a starter for them not exactly a marquee name um definitely one of those guys who is a starter but easily replaceable um Not going to be an impact player. Uh, Then you have Kyle Fitz in the sixth round, defensive end. He was released in 2019. And then Javon Wims, wide receiver, in the seventh, pick 224. uh, Still on the team, uh, seventh round picks. That's pretty hard to do. He's their wide receiver five on the depth chart right now. Um, So overall, great start to the draft. First two rounds, uh, excellent, excellent, excellent. Kind of fell off a bit. Um, Still were able to get uh, a starter day three, but not exactly a starter that's going to be there for a a decent chunk of time. So he's getting better at drafting, I think, but uh, not exactly fantastic long-term success here. Um, I wish I looked deeper into historic hit rates overall, how many guys you kind of expect to hit throughout a draft class. Um, You know, two, three years post-draft. He's essentially pretty much good for two per class, which by all means is not terrible. I mean, teams definitely do worse. I've seen worse. Um, But if you're only getting two starters per draft class, I feel like that's not a sustainable way of building a team. But then again, just maybe because... I don't have any. I don't have any reference material for this, and that's that's on me. I should have put that together a little bit to kind of be able to talk about it. But um, it is what it is. I'm kind of uh, treading water here, hoping Josh can find that video. Having so I
0: really can't. I'm sorry. I've been trying so hard, and I I I'm just assuming they don't keep track of those videos, which is a real shame. And I honestly haven't been able to find because I can't sit here and listen to all of them. But I haven't been able to find one where they like obviously talk about um, Joel and use his full name because it certainly hasn't been easy finding anything. Um, but yeah, so we're just gonna have to. I'm just I'm just sticking with Joel Eeg Beniwe, and I'm and uh, and then followed by I'm sorry. I found it. How'd you find it in five seconds? I couldn't find it. Damn it.
1: Um, I googled Joe Ingbelewine draft selection, and it was the first video.
0: That that's why exactly what I looked up. God damn it!
1: Um, <laughs> the way the guy select the guy who selected him was uh like on a football field. Uh, I he was not confident the way with the way he said it. I don't blame him. Um. No one else is saying it.
0: I mean, can Mike
1: Mayock's talking about him like they're talking about him like in the the draft room. (laughs) They are not saying his name.
0: Yeah, I mean, again, I do not blame them.
1: Yeah. I'm really upset they don't have a video of Roger Goodell saying it. I mean, I get it. Like, it's a fourth-round pick. Goodell's not doing all of them. Never used to, but... I'm disappointed.
0: Yeah. I mean, I guess. Oh,
1: well, you know, it's, 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 it's a dry enough podcast right now. I just,
0: I wanted a little bit of that. I just wanted a little, We're fun. keeping it easy. We're keeping it light. Yeah. We're keeping it breezy. Yeah. How to pronounce yeah. people's names. Cause we feel bad. We don't know how to. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So I'm going
1: to, this next name, uh, moving on to the 2019 class, uh, this next name, uh, their first pick really tough. Didn't have a pick until the third round, um, thanks to a trade we will get into uh, a little bit. Uh the first player running back David Montgomery. Um, tough name. I think I got it right though. started it, for them. Yeah, thank you, thank you. Uh kind of in that running back committee with Tariq Cohen. I still I still have a lot of faith in this guy. Um, he was one of the top running backs in that class, but had a rocky rookie year. Uh I still have confidence in him though. Looking at this draft class, this is a horrible draft class. Uh, They had five (laughs) picks. They only had one day two pick. They had four day three picks. None of them have any impact on this team whatsoever. I'm just going to go through a Riley Ridley wide receiver out of Georgia. He's like their fourth string wide receiver. Duke Shelley, deep on the depth chart at cornerback. Steven Denmark, deep on the depth chart at cornerback. And then Kareth White a running back who's on the Steelers 53-man roster right now. So I didn't look into how that happens because I didn't care. Um, But I just thought it was funny that he's the only player here that he probably had you know, just as much of an impact for the Steelers as David Montgomery did for the Bears just in a a much shorter time. Uh, Like if you stretch it out, it probably would have been the same. But he's a seventh-round pick um yeah pretty fucking shit class no no real impact guys here yet yeah Um, no this is
0: quite bad
1: yeah and then and then we have 2020 which
0: which uh yeah it's hard to say because you know
1: we haven't seen them play and again they five of their seventh picks five of their seven picks are fifth round or seventh round so not exactly grabbing a bunch of impact players here um, the two guys that they did get in the second round, Cole Komet, Jalen Johnson, uh, tight end and cornerback, respectively. Cole Komet, top tight end in the class, but with a team with a, a fair amount of holes on offense, just places they could fill in, uh, I really would have liked to have them get a more impactful player at a more premier position. Um, I mean, with the offensive style I like and the offensive style they run, tight ends are important. But I just I was not a big fan of Cole Komet, especially at pick forty three early in the second round. Um, especially with how many fucking like we've we've talked about this on the pod recently, right? How they have like nine or ten tight ends on their roster. Yeah, this came
0: up when we when in our initial post draft episode.
1: Yeah, so we we don't need to dive into these too much. It's you know we've talked about it. I'm a huge Jalen Johnson fan. Injury concerns are massive. They could come out of this class with a second straight year of not having a single impact player, and this team is going to collapse hard if that's true. Because I mean, no first round picks the last two years because of a certain marquee trade. You don't have a quarterback. You don't have a ton of depth because you can't draft any depth. Ryan Pace, man, these, he's grabbed some really good individual players, but none of, these, none of these guys are really showing me that he can be a, a top-level drafter. Like you see from guys like Sean Payton, Bill Belichick. I don't even want to throw Bill Belichick in there. Um, but, you know, guys who make a living drafting good players and uh, building their teams through the draft. It's rough. It's rough.
0: Yeah, this ain't pretty.
1: Um, would you like to move on to free agent signings?
0: Uh, real quick, I'm trying to figure out which pick was Chicago's in the fourth round that Jacksonville used for the, in the Nick Foles trade.
1: Oh, um, I have it under the trade tab.
0: Oh, do we want, do you want to save it mm-hmm. then? Yeah, we could save it. All right, then never mind. Uh, then I got nothing else to say. This is, oh my God, so sad. I don't, and like this is what I'm trying. One of the, the things that we've been getting on with this is like there's just no plan there with yeah. any of any yeah. of these picks. There's I no mean, intention.
1: I'm sure they had a plan, but it's not exactly clear to the fan base and to us
0: yeah not clear in um, any single kind of way
1: you know if if you want to build that defense up and you know have that defense carry you sure you know but the last two draft classes you've gotten one marquee defensive player and granted you know you've had three total picks in day 2 of the drafts the past 2 years but i mean the offensive players you're drafting aren't exactly hit. like there's There's nothing here that really shouts sustainability. And that's probably the biggest thing with me is that's so important. Being able to, you know, have that just constant stream of players to refill needs, to replace old veterans, guys that leave in free agency, guys that get hurt, having that depth. That's what that's what good teams do well is you build your team through the draft and you're able to sustain it and keep guys coming in so you don't have these super uh, inflated free agency deals that you have to sign in order to fill major needs because you can't through the draft or you don't want to risk it through the draft you want to attack now you want to contend now you don't want to wait for development and teams that have to build themselves through free agency, uh, they they are in some precarious money situations, uh, which uh, we can dive into right now. Let's talk about it. Yeah, so you want to start at 2015, work our way through again?
0: Yeah, sounds good to me.
1: We can go quick on these. How about I give you the year, the total money, and uh, the AAV. And you give me uh, a yes or no, whether or not that was a successful, whether, you know, looking back, you think that was a successful free agent signing.
0: All right, let's do it. All uh, right,
1: 2015. Do you remember Eddie Royal, the wide receiver?
0: Nope. Zero um, collection.
1: I remember him just because he was the only guy for them, uh, you know, back when I started playing fantasy football. Signed him to a three-year, $15 million contract, five billion per year.
0: I mean, I don't remember his name, so I'm going to say this didn't work out.
1: <laughs> it uh, it did not. Uh, he was definitely never much of an impact player for them. Uh, I wish I kept in here whether uh, they were released, what their success rate was, but it seemed to have gotten deleted at some point. I won't lose any sleep over it. This next one isn't a major deal, but Jimmy Clausen. do you remember him? The quarterback out of familiar. Notre Dame.
0: Oh, quarterback? This definitely didn't work out. <laughs>
1: Yeah, so he was a a high draft pick by the Panthers, I think. He was kind of a
0: uh, Oh, now basically really, like he was yeah.
1: this like golden boy quarterback with the biggest fucking attitude and just like he was a total piece of shit. The, you know, prima donna just he was the stereotype for like prima donna shitty attitude quarterback. Should have been like a top 5 pick, ended up falling to the second round because of it. And after all that, they signed him to a one-year, $260,000 contract. Like, a year or two after he was drafted. Oh, that's just fucking bizarre. Clearly didn't work out for the Bears, but I just wanted to point out how fucking funny that contract was.
0: Uh, I think maybe the only person that worked out for was Jimmy Clausen.
1: I, I would not say it worked out for Jimmy Clawson.
0: Uh Monetarily? He got paid, yeah. kind uh, kind
1: of p- potential. You know, potential wise, he could have gotten a hell of a lot more. You know, if he wasn't, such uh, a, you know, dipshit. Yeah,
0: I but, exactly you know, that's right.
1: that's just arguing whatever. No, you're right. Uh, you're right. Entre roll three years, eleven point two five million dollars, three point
0: seven five AAV. So I didn't realize he signed a contract with the Bears at any point, and yeah. had to look it up. Because I remember him with the Giants. I don't remember him with the uh, Cardinals, but that's because I don't pay attention to the Cardinals ever. Um, And yeah, one season with Chicago for seven games uh, where he did basically nothing. So this is definitely a dub.
1: Yeah, when I I saw this name, I was hopeful because I remember him being a good player for the Giants. Um, But I guess his time in Chicago... Was not exactly the same level. Uh Next up, Pernell McPhee signed a five-year, thirty-eight point seven five million dollar contract. Uh, defensive lineman.
0: Uh I'm looking at his baseball reference page right now because this name doesn't. Rem- I don't. It doesn't ring any yes, bells. Uh,
1: his it, baseball reference page.
0: Did I say that? Fuck. Yeah. It's pro football <laughs> reference page. Um. He looked to have been relatively productive in one season. This didn't work out. I mean, I, I mean, 12, 12 games uh, or 14 games with 12 starts in 2015 is nice. Six sacks, that's fine. 2016, nine games with zero starts and just nothing to really speak of. And then in 2017, 13 games on five starts with uh, a similar level of production than he had the previous year. It's just There's just nothing really here.
1: Yeah. Not so far. Oh, for four. Um, I threw this fifth one in here because <laughs> he wasn't exactly a great player at the time. But like four years later, he turned into a very good player. Uh, Bryce Callahan, undrafted free agent, signed a three year one point five eight million dollar contract. Good for five hundred and thirty thousand dollars a year. I don't even remember him back in the day when this back in the day, 2015, five years ago. Um, but the fact that they kept him in house and were able to keep him long term is the only reason I mark this as successful. I have no reason to believe you would even know who he is. So
0: nope, we don't no need idea. To talk about that. Didn't know. So I'm 2015. Glad they
1: had won. Yeah, 2015. Real bad draft. Real bad free agent class. Not a great year for Ryan Pace so far. 2016, uh, Danny Trevathan signed a four-year, $28 million contract, good for $7 million a year.
0: I would say that this has certainly worked out for them.
1: Yeah, uh, Danny Trevathan's still a a cornerstone of that defense right now, still holding down that middle linebacker spot for them. Um, They snagged him from the Broncos after
0: their Super Bowl run. Uh I think that was 2016. That sounds um, right enough. I'm not going to check. Uh yeah, we'll
1: go with it. It's
0: not the end of the world if
1: it's not. Um but yeah, great player for them. Um Next up, Bobby Macy offensive tackle. I mentioned him a little bit already. Uh still their right tackle, I believe.
0: Um, I don't really know how to judge tackles or offensive linemen in general, as we've discussed on the show, but the fact that he is still starting for them, I will take this being a good sign and say that, yeah. yes, this has been worth it.
1: Yeah, contract just for reference, three years, $18 million. $6 million per year for your starting right tackle, who plays at a fairly high level, is pretty dope. Uh, and then finally, Akeem Hicks signed a two-year, $10 million contract. Um... I just realized that there's no way, since he's still a starter for them, there's no way this contract held up through 2020. So I definitely missed his second contract with this team.
0: Uh, Either way, though, it's, it's worked out for them.
1: Yeah, I mean, the fact that he signed another contract with this team, uh, especially at, assumingly, a higher amount of money, uh, would definitely lead you to believe he was successful. So finally, 2016, also not a great draft class but hit on all of their major free agents. That must feel pretty, pretty, pretty good. Yeah, no, this is
0: is a success.
1: 2017, Marcus Wheaton, wide receiver, signed over from the Pittsburgh Steelers, signed a two-year, $11 million contract, $5.5 million a year.
0: Yeah, I, I also have no idea who this is. That's because he fucking sucks. Yeah, I'm looking at his um bad. his uh his approximate value, and in in Pittsburgh in 2013 it was one, in Pittsburgh in 2014 it was six, which is good. Uh, 2015 six, which is good. In 2016 it was zero, and then she, Chicago signs him and it was zero, and then he goes to Philly and it's zero. So I, yeah, there's no reason I shouldn't know who this is. Um,
1: I don't remember if it was. Marcus Wheaton or Sammy Coach for the Steelers, but oh, I just looked up the tweet and it's Sammy Coates. So never mind, never mind. We'll just uh, we'll just skip past that and pretend I never said anything. Yep. Uh, <laughs> oh, man, Mike Glennon signed a three-year, forty-five million-dollar contract, fifteen million dollars a year.
0: Should he not have? Uh, uh, I mean, this has this has certainly been a win for them. I mean. This is such a victory for the Chicago Bears. You know, he won Super Bowl MVP there. Um, he's really been nothing but a sterling example of how to properly helm a football team. So, obviously a win.
1: Yeah, this is just... Um, this is something. I mean, you could draft... You move up to draft a quarterback number two overall, and then you sign his, his backup his mediocre backup to a $15 million per year contract. This was something we shit on a lot at the time. Looking back, uh, we were spot on. This was a ridiculous contract. Um, I uh, like, I hear the phrase a lot now because we've talked about it with Jalen Hurts. You're only as good as your backup. That's fine. But if you're drafting a quarterback in the top two, Best case scenario is that backup you sign will never play a game. Um, worst case scenario is he's your starter while you tank for another quarterback. Either way, you don't want to be paying big money to that guy. Like you bring in a guy like Josh McCown, you pay him twelve million dollars a year. He is the kind of veteran that is great with young quarterbacks, uber intelligent, has played for a ton of different teams, knows his knows his stuff. I can get behind that because that's a guy that's going to help you develop your quarterback. Mike Glennon has never been that guy. Um, I, it's it's this is one of the worst. I will say, like of all the bad shit Ryan Pace has done in his career, he just cannot do quarterbacks. like it's it's unbelievable how bad he is at just assigning quarterbacks value whatever
0: yeah this i don't, don't, is... don't want to be
1: mike glennon to be the guy that we you know focus on throughout this entire no, thing but it,
0: it's, it's what just... mike glennon represents it's um so true which is just me fucking with, with things i've said previously in this podcast uh but it's true i mean like this is such bad judgment so like not only so ah, they gave up all of the previously mentioned draft picks to get mm-hmm. Mitchell trubisky And are also paying for a second round pick, uh, his contract, which is a sizable contract for, uh, you know, a rookie because it's second overall. It's a lot of money. And they're paying the, I already forgot how much I have to check the spreadsheet again. How much are you getting paid, Mike Lennon? 15 15 million a year from Mike Lennon. All of this capital for two dudes who... Mike Lennon didn't even work out in the one season that they tried to get him to work out. (laughs) And Mitchell Trubisky hasn't worked out in the three and a half seasons that he's had. Like it's been insane. And like you said, it was, it was a thing that we were all scratching our heads over when it happened. And we scratch our heads over it now because, Oh my God, it doesn't make it like, and everyone's like, Every time anything like this happens, people always say, Oh, you know, Aaron Rodgers sat behind Brett Favre for a few years and look how he turned out. Yeah. Well, all right. So, first off, uh, uh, Mike Lennon's not a Hall of Famer. (laughs) Okay. Let's start there. Second of all, the Packers didn't need Aaron Rodgers to start right away because they had a Hall of Famer. Also, Aaron Rodgers was taken like what, 24th? Not second. Like, there's so just because you have a guy. Uh, that you just drafted doesn't mean he has to sit behind anybody. And if he does, doesn't automatically mean that you're right just because, hey, Rodgers did it, and look at him. That's stupid. This was stupid. <laughs> I'm mad.
1: Uh, I'm glad you feel that way because that's how you should. Um, they also, this draft class, signed Prince Amukamara to a one-year, $7 million uh, deal. Um, yeah, this was pretty good. That yeah, it was fine. You know, he was. I don't think he was their cornerback. He might have been their cornerback one at the time. I don't remember, and I don't feel like looking up the Bears' 2017 roster because that's fucking dumb. Um, but yeah, I mean, he's a good player. Seven million dollars for you know a relatively good veteran cornerback is nothing. Uh, I also threw Bryce Callahan in here again, uh, who signed a one-year six hundred thousand dollar contract. Um, <laughs> Great deal for them. Great deal. Great. deal. Yep,
0: it's been superb.
1: Uh, next up, 2018. Things are looking up because they sign a guy out of Jacksonville named Allen Robinson to a three-year, $42 million contract. Good for $14 million a year. Just one less than their backup quarterback, Mike Lennon.
0: Uh, this is a tough one. Cause I, I, I don't have Alan Robinson's profile Reference page in front of me, but if I did, it might not look great, but that is only as a result. As you said previously, of his quarterback play. This is absolutely worth it. Um, he's like, it's like one of the only dudes they have really that's, that's worth a damn on offense. So definitely, definitely worth it for, uh, I'm not sure it's paid off, but definitely worth it.
1: I feel that. Uh they wanted to double up on wide receiver that year. So they spent four a uh, four-year $26 million contract on Taylor Gabriel coming over from the
0: Falcons maybe? Yes, the, the Falcons. Browns. Um Browns then Falcons then uh uh Chicago. Really. Oh, yeah. wow, look at that. Um your thoughts? And Again, I'm 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 looking at his page, and it's so tough to judge because in Chicago he, between these two seasons, um, 25 games he's put up 1,041 yards combined, and that's not a ton. But at the same time, it's like he's got Mitchell Trubisky throwing to him.
1: You yeah, know? it's it's, it's just, one of those things where it's hard to hold that against him because you know 20. 18 wasn't exactly a great year for Mr. Trubisky. Honestly, probably one of his better ones. I feel like. Yeah, one I of think it was years, his 18, best year, 19. Yeah. Um,
0: but I mean, I, I, six
1: and a half million for a guy. I'd say this with his is worth it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's it's, I, it's it's right on the edge, but might as well.
0: You know, yeah, the money's that's not was a huge saying. deal. With yeah. with a rookie quarterback, you're trying to get more targets to, or trying to get more um, receiving threats for. Then, I get it. I think this is fine.
1: Um, also that year, another receiving option for Mitchell Trey Burton, four year, $32 million contract, good for eight million a year. Um, just for reference, Trey Burton was released about two weeks ago.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah, I have nothing to say about this. Yeah, um, not
1: exactly a, a superstar signing. Uh, I actually. Nope. Thought this would work out better. Trey Burton was kind of the guy behind Zach Ertz in Philadelphia. Many thought he was going to be a breakout guy once he could get that, um, get that playing time in.
0: He did have his best season of his career in 2018, 569 yards um, and six touchdowns, both of those being the high marks for his career. But do you have any guess as to how many yards he had in 2019? 400,
1: 500? Eighty-four.
0: Eighty-four. How many games did he play? Eight. Holy shit, really? Eight games, started five of them, 24 targets, 14 receptions, 84 yards, six yards per reception, zero touchdowns. His longest receiving first down, five yards. His longest pass, uh, or his longest reception, 16 yards. Yes, um, 3.5 yards per target. Uh, it's not good, man. It's not good.
1: So he essentially got paid $100,000 per yard that season. That is not efficiency.
0: It's efficient if you're trying to make some business decisions, but it's not efficient <laughs> if you're trying to get production out of your players.
1: Yeah, no kidding. Uh, to round out 2018, they signed Bryce Callahan to another one-year $1.9 million
0: contract. I love that they keep getting bigger, and I still don't know yeah. who he is. <laughs> <laughs> they 2019- have tripled. <laughs>
1: 2019, they signed Buster Scrine from the New York Jets to a three-year $16.5 million contract. Josh, I'll let you hold on to that one. Take it away.
0: I don't, oh my god! I I've totally forgot that they did this, and now it's screaming back to me. Buster Screen was awful <laughs> with the Jets. I mean, so penalty machine couldn't stop a fucking pass to save his goddamn life. It was it was embarrassing. It was so bad. And then they signed him to like a pretty decent size—not like it's huge, but a decent size contract. And fuck, man, he is. I'm sorry, but like just drafting a dude in whatever round you feel like and giving him a shot is better than Buster Screen because a low-end dude will probably end up giving you the same production you would have gotten because, yes, he is that bad, and it would have been cheaper. I, I it, It's such a confusing choice. He's so very, very not good. Um, I love it. Yeah, I love fuck it. this
1: guy. Uh, they also signed Cordell Patterson to a two-year $10 million deal. Um, I'll jump out ahead here and say, I like this contract. I love what he does in the return game. I think $5 million for essentially a wide receiver three, who is also just happens to be the best return man in the NFL at any given time, uh, is a fairly, fairly good contract.
0: Yeah, this is fine. He's, he's a very niche. His specialty, I should say is very niche, but at the same time. Uh, five million to do it is totally fair. It's still got pretty decent importance, so I'm yeah, I'm about it. And they didn't have to uh, draft him in the first round to get him. Like, uh, <laughs> oh, the round. Vikings!
1: <laughs> oh. Did you hear Percy? Just because it's the same essentially type of player um, and played for the Vikings. Did you hear Percy Harvin's coming back?
0: I don't believe you. Uh,
1: yeah, he said he's going to try and mount a comeback this season. Try and sign with the team.
0: I want that to happen.
1: I, I, I really want that to happen. I need it because to happen. I, I want to see how that goes. Um, yeah, but to round out 2019, Adrian Amos left in free agency, so they replied, re- replace him with uh, the guy whose spot he took, uh, HaHa Clinton Dix, uh, coming over from the Packers, signed a one-year $3 million contract. Um, Again, that is... That's fucking nothing. $3 million for, you know, not exactly a a Pro Bowl level player right now, but a high-end safety, that's that's
0: a pretty good deal. Yeah, no, totally. I um, have nothing else to say.
1: (laughs) Yeah, understandable. Uh, And then to close out free agency, we have this year's class. Um, We can talk about these guys as we need. Uh, these were just the top four names. Uh, Barcavius Mingo signed a one-year $1.18 million deal. Jermaine, 80 great name. 80 great name, absolutely. Jermaine Effetti signed a one-year $1 million deal. Jimmy Graham signed a two-year $16 million deal. And then Robert Quinn signed a five-year $70 million contract.
0: Uh, yeah. I don't... Yeah. Um. yeah. Uh, I'll start with uh, Jermaine Effetti because I, I definitely have something to say about him. He's not good. No. Um, he's never been good. The fact that he's still playing just speaks to how shallow the depth is of um, offensive linemen that can actively play the position to a degree. Um, So in some respects, I get it. You take veteran position uh, players as you need them. And they didn't pay much to get him, but he's not good. so <laughs> b plus uh, the Jimmy Graham signings just fucking weird, man. yeah um, eight million a year for another tight end. an old tight end an
1: old, bad tight end.
0: <laughs> yeah, it was coming off like a not very not great stint. um it, over the past was... like three seasons I. Yeah. I this is an F minus.
1: Yeah, I completely agree. I was reading some stuff in Nicole Komet, and uh, they were like, yeah, you know, he's a great athletic tight end who's going to come in. You know, doesn't need to be the guy because Jimmy Graham's there, uh, you know, and he could kind of be that, like, possession tight end for them. And I was like, what the fuck are you smoking, thinking Jimmy Graham's going to come in, come in and be an impact player for the Bears. My goodness.
0: I also hate like and, and sometimes it, it, it's definitely true in some respect but like the universal thing that happens with football analysis where it's like hey they took they have um xyz mediocre player but it's fine because they have abc player who's better who will like help them out and it's like all right sometimes sure you know if you had if you pick up if you have an obvious cb1 and you pick up um what is more likely a cb2 or 3 then yeah, he doesn't have to do as much work because the CB1 will probably take the tougher receiver or whatever. Uh, But uh, tight end? No. Fuck you. Absolutely not. That's not how the position works. You can't just claim depth on everything. Yeah, it's...
1: Like, I'll say, I think the Robert Quinn signing is just as egregious, but the fact that Jimmy Graham has been just so bad for the past couple of years, and he's getting $8 million a year, I don't know. I feel like I'd have to give that one the, the edge as garbage contracts go. I just, I don't like any of these contracts. Like, sure, Jermaine Effetti for a million dollars, that's nothing. You know, Barcavius Mingo for 1.18, that's nothing. Whatever, they're depth guys, they're not good, but whatever their depth. So it doesn't really matter. These two older players who have been, you know, Graham has definitely had no production the past couple of years. Robert Quinn has had not great production over the past couple of years since leaving the Rams. Um, I I should look that up just for, you know, which one uh, Robert Quinn. I don't need to see Jimmy Graham's stats. That's fine.
0: Robert that Quinn's is. last, uh, I'll go three seasons, his approximate value um, starting in 2017, 6, 2018, 7, 2019, 8. So it has been steadily improving. Uh, yeah, th- those are one. good. Definitely not what his like 2013 season was when he had 16 of approximate value or 2014 when he had 12. But they're not bad. Um, this is definitely an overpay. For sure, it's an overpay. And I don't know what the market was
1: in, m- in term and money.
0: Oh, for sure. And I don't re- quite know what the market was for, um, I guess, linebacker slash defensive end. If, if that it's just what they're getting paid. Um, although given the track record that we've just presented to you for Ryan Pace, chances are he overpaid because he's just an idiot. Um, but <sighs> going into his age 30 season, giving him five years, to hope that he i mean don't me wrong like he know uh, 11.5 sacks last season the most he's gotten since 2013 so Ooh. his second most ever but at the same time like the dallas defense i guess the bears defense is really good too i don't know man it's a gamble it's a big gamble it could end up paying off in spades it could end up crashing and burning but I, I don't think Pace deserves the benefit of the doubt.
1: I disagree. I don't think it's going to be able to pay off in spades. Because he's you don't making think so? Four, I think it could pay off. But the fact that he's making $14 million, the best case scenario is that he provides adequate production for $14 million a year. There's, right. I don't think there's any way he can exceed this contract in any way.
0: No, actually, I, I, I will concede. You're probably right about that. Let, going above and beyond this contract would be very difficult.
1: Right. Nigh impossible. Um, yeah. So that's free agency. I, I don't have a lot of love here. I, I don't like most of these contracts. Um, there's a couple that are decent. Uh, there's very few that are very good. Um, Honestly, like Alan Robinson is probably... My well, no. Bryce Callahan is my favorite signing because he's Oh, oh one hundred.
0: Which
1: time? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, Allen Robinson is probably my favorite signing, and even that is limited because he can't produce with what's around him. Uh, wide receivers can't throw themselves the ball, so hard Not yikes yet. for Ryan Pace. I don't, I don't, I don't have a lot of hope for uh, this free agency class either. So, would you like to close out with these trades? these four or five marquee trades that he's made.
0: Uh, I'm sorry, say it again. I, I zoned out for a second there.
1: That's fine. You want to close out with these trades?
0: Oh, yeah. Sorry, let's do it.
1: <laughs> All right. Um, so he's had essentially one trade, one marquee trade every year at GM outside of 2017 uh, when they drafted Mitch Trubisky because they had no capital to do any trading. Um, So let's start in 2015. This one is going to be near and dear to your heart. They sent uh, Pro Bowl wide receiver Brandon Marshall to the New York Jets for a 2015 fifth round pick.
0: That was an amazing season for Brandon Marshall. I was so hyped about Brandon. It ended up turning into nothing, but I remember being just so excited for Brandon Marshall. Um, mm-hmm. that season and the seasons after, when he eventually did nothing, went to Just the. Just for Giants. reference,
1: that season, uh, 109 passes caught for 1,502 yards and 14 touchdowns. Um,
0: yeah, ridiculous.
1: Unbelievable season. season. Unbelievable
0: with Ryan Fitzpatrick at his core as his quarterback. Just hey, oh man. my god. Um, he's fucking magic. Yeah. Uh, so definitely them selling too soon on a player, but. I I don't recall his Chicago time well enough to know what it looked like.
1: I will say, um, so the fifth round pick that they acquired from the jets became Adrian Amos. So if we're just talking about the two players, Brandon Marshall and Adrian Amos, I would say the bears won this hands down because Marshall had one tremendous season, but that was it. And nothing getting Adrian Amos for practically nothing for four years you know, a great player. But they didn't know they were getting Adrian Amos. They were just getting a random fifth round pick and whatever player that would turn out to be. And you traded essentially an all-pro season for a random fifth round pick. And that is just, you know, Brandon Marshall was, at the time, was significantly better than the last two, three years of Brandon Marshall that we remember, you know, most closely. Um, I just this was not a value-focused pick. This was not something that I would look back and say was a smart decision. It worked out for them, but process over results, process over yeah. product,
0: especially because the the Adrian Amos pick, um, could that that pick could have happened other ways, right? It like, it, it, did, it didn't really, like really rely upon being as a result of this training. Yeah.
1: And don't get me wrong. I've watched every down of Adrian Amos's career in college. I did not think he was going to be this kind of player. Like this wasn't like a a pick that, oh, you could see, you know, he's going to be something, you know, what he is in the NFL today. And there was just something that caused him to fall. He wasn't noticed by scouts. It was just, he just happened to work out in the NFL. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, they send a 2016 fourth round pick in exchange for Martellus Bennett and a 2016 sixth round pick. So moving up two rounds in exchange for Martellus Bennett, uh, Chicago's pick ended up being DeAndre Hall, who, like we said, didn't do much of anything in Chicago, new England's pick in the sixth round became Jordan Lucas, who was a, a low end, but a starter. Uh, I think he's with the chiefs right now at safety, uh, another Penn state guy, surprisingly. Um This is one of those things where Martellus Bennett had a a pretty decent year. Um, Nothing spectacular. Absolute nightmare in the locker room. And again, process over product. Yeah, the fourth round pick didn't turn out to be anything, but you got rid of a sixth round pick and a guy that you didn't want in your locker room in the first place. I'll chalk that up as a success. Like, sure, nobody can honestly say they won this trade looking back. Um, maybe the uh, New England can because they won a Super Bowl and Martellus, Be- Martellus Bennett was a, a starter for them, but um, not much of anything there.
0: No one really wins this. Just, this is just one of this is a trade that has happened.
1: Yeah, uh, I'm with you. Uh, 2018, nothing in 2017, like we said, because Mitchell was drafted. 2018 is when shit gets weird. This is the Khalil Mack trade. So the Bears acquire Khalil Mack, a 2020 second round pick, and a 2027th round pick in exchange for a 2019 first round pick, a 2020 first round pick, a 2020 third round pick, and a 2019 sixth round pick, trading with the Oakland Raiders there's there's a lot of pieces here. Um, so just a, a list of the players drafted. Uh, the Chicago second and seventh round pick turned into Cole Komet and Arlington Hambright this past year. Uh, the Raiders draft picks turned into Josh Jacobs, Damon Arnett, Brian Edwards, and a 20 the 2019 sixth round pick uh, moved around but became Besson Austin, who was a person I've never heard of and I doubt became anything this is this is tough because i don't like the picks that they used with that the bears acquired uh, in this trade um the raiders definitely got players that are uh gonna be good for them you know josh jacobs had a fantastic season but First round running back, the value is questionable there. Damon Arnett is like a third or fourth round round wide receiver, or cornerback, excuse me, that they took in the first round this year. Um, fifth year senior out of Ohio State, never really did anything until this year. I just, we could talk about that pick for a while, but uh, it's not the Bears, so we won't. Brian Edwards, a wide receiver I like, but it's Khalil Mack. Uh, And his value is just so significantly higher than any one of these players, and especially all of these players even combined. Um, I have to give this a a win to the Bears. Uh, I mean, you got the best player by far out of this uh, deal. Um, Yeah, he gets paid a lot of money, and you had to sign him to a very, very large contract. But at the end of the day, he's in conversation with the best defensive player in the NFL. And you don't just pick that up off the ground. That's not a, a you know something you find every day. So this is a, a win for the Bears.
0: Yeah, I have to agree. Um, it's it's tough because, like you said, all the picks ended up being garbage. People, uh, <laughs> or if not that, just kind of being like whatever players—some good, some bad. So it, it was a mixed bag. Like if if the Raiders went out and have themselves a fucking draft, you know. Yeah. Then you you'd look at it and go, well, yeah, the Bears got a really good player, but they haven't been successful. Whereas the Raiders, with this trade, are now set up for a run. But that's not the case. You know, the Bears aren't really better now than they were. That's actually say. The Bears aren't really primed m- m- or positioned better for a playoff push than they were before this because their division is still hard. And nor are the Raiders because their division's still hard. Um. Both teams are probably better, I guess. Um, but I wouldn't feel great about it. Um, the Ra- really what this is is the 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 Bears wanted a marquee player, the Raiders wanted cap flexibility. Both teams yeah. got that. Um, it it's tough. They got a, a phenomenal phenomenal player. They gave up a lot to do it, but given who Ryan Pace is, he probably would have fucked up those picks anyway. So. <laughs> A mild win for the Bears, but I guess I have to give it to the Bears as well.
1: Yeah, it's one of those things where I was very, very concerned about what that trade like where that trade would fall on the spectrum. Um, I was concerned that that would be a nightmare trade for the Bears just because I mean, maybe I was a, I think I might have been a little bit more concerned for the Raiders because they're giving up Khalil Mack. Um, But yeah, that's a a definite win for the Bears. Um, And then 2019, moving on. Not quite the same level as the previous one we just talked about, but the the Bears acquired a 2020 sixth-round pick uh, in exchange for Jordan Howard being sent to the Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, That sixth-round pick became Quez Watkins. Uh... Man, I just—it's one of those things where this is one. This is a trade that happened. I mean, Philly yeah. got a backup running back that did nothing for them in one year, and then the Bears got a sixth-round pick.
0: Yeah, I mean, it basically
1: end up be nothing.
0: It's the basic tenet of if you have a guy on your team that has value elsewhere that you have zero intention of playing, mm-hmm. fucking get rid of him.
1: Yeah, I mean, they drafted his replacement in David Montgomery. He's going to be your third running back behind Montgomery and Tariq Cohen. You got something for nothing. I don't know how you could chalk that up as anything but a win, even if it's just by the most minuscule margins.
0: Yeah, I, I would agree. An- an- another, another nail-biter of a win.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, and then finally... To close this out, this year, Nick Foles was acquired from the Philadelphia Eagles. Nope, from the Jacksonville Jaguars in exchange for a 2020 fourth round pick who ended up becoming Shaquille Quarterman. Uh a linebacker out of Miami, I believe. I don't know. Yeah, it doesn't matter. Um oh, what the fuck? And on one end, it's like, all right, fourth round player, you know, not exactly uh, a superstar position to be drafting guys, you know, probably will grab a guy that will be, you know, maybe a starter, most likely a depth piece for you. But at the same time, Nick Foles is not a great quarterback. I've never been a fan of him. And there are so many better quarterbacks that they could have gotten. And by so many, I mean like two or three. Um, which is a
0: lot. Which is a lot.
1: There's usually not two or three starter-level quarterbacks available at any given time for less than a fourth-round pick. Um, Jameis Winston signed a $1 million contract.
0: Cam Newton ain't nowhere yet.
1: Yeah, Cam Newton is ready to sign for, like, a bag of chips. Or, like, a new hat. Most yeah. likely a new hat. Um, well, more likely a new
0: hat. Like like The fact wait. that, like, they the the Panthers had to cut him. They couldn't even trade That means that yeah. the the, the
1: yeah. oh. So Nick Foles turns this team with this defense and you know the players they have on offense into maybe the third best team in the NFC North behind the Packers and the Vikings. Um, I'll say that they're better than the Lions because of the defense. Um with Trubisky, that was kind of a toss up because of how little he added to that team. If you put Cam Newton in this offense with Matt Nagy, who, you know, granted, they're not going to have a ton of off-season time to work through that playbook to really change things up. This year would probably be very limited with the upside that that would bring. At the same time, it's Cam Newton, dual-threat quarterback who could just really just wing things and be better than Mitch Trubisky and Nick Foles. That's a Super Bowl contending team. Uh, I know a lot of people aren't high on Cam Newton right now because of the injuries the past couple of years, but the last time we saw him healthy, he was an MVP front frontrunner. Uh, I don't think that the shoulder injuries and just the injuries he's had over the past couple of years are something that is going to hamper him too much this year. Uh, I think he's going to be I don't know if he's going to be back to the MVP level player that he was before getting hurt, but he's fucking better than this. And you wouldn't have to give up a fourth round pick to get him.
0: And even, Um, even if you did though, even if that's what it costs, the fourth round pick, do we care? No, yeah, that's what I'm saying. It doesn't fucking matter. Like, look, you have constructed a team. (laughs) That is true. Um, and I guess they're technically in more of a win-now mode than a rebuilding mode. So if that's the case, fucking get Cam Newton, whose ceiling is higher than the ceilings of Nick Foles by a long shot and Mitchell Trubisky by a career mile, by a country mile, Um, and, and fucking go for it. Because if it doesn't work out, if it doesn't work out with Cam Newton and Mitchell Trubisky, basically meaning that neither of those dudes perform well for you, Guess what, man? You had to rebuild anyway. Mm-hmm. This is a, I feel like we just had this conversation with somebody with another team re, uh, about another team recently too. Oh, it was the um the Chargers. Like Mm-mm. seriously, if you can't do it with either of those guys, it's not getting done. Yeah. So just do it.
1: I, I feel like they were desperate to get a replacement, and at the time they. Price for Cam Newton was probably higher than a fourth-round pick because the Panthers thought someone would want Cam Newton. Um, and they were just so desperate to get a guy that they quickly traded for Nick Foles uh, without really letting the market settle. Um, and I think that panicked pick is going to really just be the final nail in the coffin for this front office. Um I feel like this would be a good place to kind of summarize this whole exercise. I mean, we've been talking for, I don't know, an hour and a half now.
0: Yeah. Do you want to go, uh, or do you want me to start? Do you want us to be first or second?
1: No, I I figured we could just finish talking about this Nick Foles pick and kind of be like, this is where we summarize everything.
0: Yeah, no, I got you. Yeah, I'm...
1: Um, Man, like, it just... The inability to finish this team the inability to to find value at the quarterback position and be able to fairly judge and just make like there are so many poor decisions made in the name of just being trying to find that final straw that puts this team together maybe not the that's a bad idiom to use but final piece final piece of the puzzle exactly um And I just think that they are trying to outrun the Grim Reaper here. And I think for every step they take forward, they're taking two steps back because of how important the quarterback position is in the NFL and how just how fucked up they've been with trying to solve that. Um, I, I don't think Ryan Pace is going to survive another year in Chicago. I think this is it for him. Um, I don't know. Who knows? It, we're still uncertain whether we're even going to have a season. Uh, we're definitely not having an off season uh, the way we have normally. So maybe they're able to swindle another year out of it uh, because of all the excuses they'll be able to shit out. Um, but overall, man, I just I was a fan of Ryan Pace. The name recognition kind of you know led me to have a lot more faith in him than. The results show, um, and there were points in this where, damn, all right, Ryan Pace is a smart guy, making some good picks, making some good signings, but as a whole, he's not the guy I want running my team. Um, and I just is Ryan Pace a good GM? No, no, I got to say no.
0: Now he has shown a consistent inability to properly value a single one of his assets, whether that's a current player or a future player, visa via pick um it's pathetic it's embarrassing um he has just stalled the chicago bears as a franchise in terms of their possible success present and future as a result of his poor drafting over the course of his entire tenure he's got to go that's it that's all there is to it these dudes got to go look there's no shame in trying something out they tried out ryan pace it went as bad as well as ryan leaf and now, now it's time to, to to two step the fuck out of there. Like 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 let's let's be done with this. This isn't fun for the Chicagos anymore. Get him out of there. So I think we can
1: both agree that the, the trade up to Grab Mitchell Trubisky was the worst move in the Ryan Pace tenure. Um oh, yeah. What would you say is the best move he's made? Draft, free agency, trade? What oh. stands out as being like the, the peak of this?
0: Uh I, for for drafting I'm going to say um Eddie Jackson 100% agree. Definitely definitely seems like it. For free agent signing, oh my god, there uh probably Allen Robinson just by default.
1: Yeah, uh, I'm with you. I'm kind of like right there where it's like Allen Robinson because of how good a player he was or is, excuse me. I mean Akeem Hicks, maybe just because he got him for so cheap back in the day. Oh, true. But at the end of the day, it's it's not like we're picking between a couple of diamonds here.
0: Yeah. Agreed. Um and for trades, I will also go Khalil Mack kind of by default. Uh it I know it's the biggest and splashiest, but it didn't turn out terribly and he did get value. Whereas with the rest of these, they're kind of just whatever trades where he didn't really get value of any kind. It, so,
1: yeah, I agree. I'm going to also go with Khalil Mack because again, that's kind of the only it's it's the only one where they got substantial value. And I think that it would be it's close enough where it would be a very different story if the Raiders drafted better. If they drafted yes. more value than the guys they wanted. Um, I mean Josh Jacobs and Damon Arnett, the two first round picks. Uh very easily could have been marquee players. Um, you know, there was a lot of cornerbacks still on the board that year or this year. You know, a guy like Trayvon Diggs could be, you know, a superstar cornerback for them. Uh, I don't remember the back end of the draft last year quite as well. Um, But I know there was some definite good value uh, at the Josh Jacobs pick.
0: Oh, is there anything else to really say about this uh... – it should um, show,
1: man. Marquise Brown, Montez Sweat, Jonathan. There was a lot of good players on the board at that pick. So yeah, get the fuck out of here, Raiders. um but well, yeah, that's John I, I guess, what do you expect? Hell, they could have drafted Drew Locke. Yeah. Let's uh, let's wrap this up, Josh. This was fun. All
0: right. Yeah. I, I, um. Uh, this was this was good. This was a, a an important discussion topic. As in in this in this post COVID nineteen world. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, yeah, this was good. If um if you want to follow the show on Twitter, you can do so at JuicingPod. If you want to hit us up via email, you can do so at Numbers at gmail.com. Corwin, do you have your movie pick?
1: I do. I said I was gonna go Wes Anderson. Um I lied because uh, you know what? I'll let, I'll let you decide whether I should go between the fantastic Mr. Fox or moonlight. Cause those were, I was thinking moonlight. I was thinking fantastic. Mr. Fox. I can't decide.
0: I would prefer to rewatch
1: moonlight. <laughs> All right. Moonlight. It is.
0: All right. I've, I, I've been mulling over what I want to do in regard to, um, recent or past. Uh, although, I kind of want to take another swing with you on foreign language. Ooh. So, I am going to go with Autumn Sonata, uh, the Ingmar Bergman film starring Ingrid Bergman. And that woman who's in like every Ingmar Bergman film whose name I can't fucking remember. <laughs> but, uh, oh my, like, yeah, yeah. She's great in it. She's fucking great in everything. I love her and I never remember so Autumn is Sonata it, for is me.
1: Is this movie going to be three hours long?
0: No, this is actually a rather short um, film for for Ingmar Bergman. I could have made a, um, uh, Frankie and Alexander and we could just have a four hour adventure together. But Autumn Sonata is like a 90 minutes. So it's all good. Perfect.
1: Uh, yeah. Can I change my answer to Dr. Zivago?
0: <laughs> no, <laughs> I don't want to watch Omar Sharif be Brown. <laughs> <laughs> no, he's white in this one. He gets to pick. It's really funny. (laughs) Anyway. (laughs) He's, uh, uh, yeah. So that's it. Those are the picks. We'll talk about those on the Thursday episode. So if you want to watch them, watch them before that. If you don't want to watch them, fucking don't. I don't control your life. Uh, That being said, uh, until Thursday, my friends. Have a good one.